Welcome back to the MedBullets Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of albinism from the dermatology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 10-year-old boy presents to his pediatrician's office for the first time since birth. His mom is concerned about how easily he gets sunburned. On physical exam, he has several healing sunburns on his face, neck, and arms. He has blue eyes, strabismus, and white hair. His skin is white with a tinge of pink. This is a case of albinism. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about albinism. In terms of a clinical definition, albinism is a hereditary defect in pigmentation. With respect to the pathogenesis, normal number of melanocytes with decreased production of melanin is involved. There is decreased tyrosinase activity or defective tyrosine transport. Recall that melanin is formed from tyrosine. In terms of the genetics, the inheritance pattern involves autosomal recessive inheritance pattern. With respect to associated conditions, these conditions include skin cancer and Chediak-Higashi syndrome. With respect to the prognosis, patients generally live normal lives but are at increased risk for skin cancer. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation including symptoms and physical exam findings of albinism. In terms of symptoms, patients may have ocular symptoms such as photophobia or blurry vision. With respect to physical exam findings, the main findings would be skin findings and ocular findings. On skin exam, you would notice white hair without any pigment, white or pink skin color, blue eyes, pink-red nevi, and solar keratosis. Ocular findings include impaired visual acuity, nystagmus, and strabismus. In terms of diagnostic studies, lab studies would involve genetic testing to confirm the diagnosis. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential to consider is vitiligo. Let's now discuss the treatment of albinism. Treatment involves conservative treatment and operative treatment. Conservative treatment involves sunscreen, sunglasses, and avoiding sun exposure. The indication of conservative treatment is for all patients in an attempt to prevent skin cancer or sunburns. Operative treatment involves vision correction surgery. This may be indicated in cases of severe nystagmus. And finally, in terms of complications, the main complications of albinism are skin cancer and severe sunburns. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A neonate is noted to have very light skin, light blue eyes, and sparse blonde white hair. The family states that the baby is much lighter in appearance than anyone else in the family. Both parents are Fitzpatrick skin type 3 with dark brown hair. On further exam, the baby's temperature is 98.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.9 degrees Celsius, blood pressure is 110 over 70 millimeters of mercury, pulse is 88 per minute, and respirations are 14 per minute. The patient is oxygenating well at an oxygen saturation of 97% on room air with no respiratory distress. All reflexes are appropriate and the APGAR score is 10. A referral is placed with ophthalmology for a comprehensive eye exam. The condition is believed to be due to an enzyme deficiency and a hair bulb assay is performed. 
which of the following substrates should be incubated with the specimen in order to determine the activity of the enzyme in question for this disease? 1. Dihydroxyphenylalanine 2. Dopamine 3. Homogentisic acid 4. Pyridoxine or 5. Tetrahydrobiopterin And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, dihydroxyphenylalanine. This neonate with light skin, eyes, and hair likely has albinism due to tyrosinase deficiency. Dihydroxyphenylalanine is the substrate for tyrosinase. Remember, albinism is a condition with decreased melanin production due to a variety of causes, including impaired tyrosinase activity. Tyrosinase is an enzyme involved in converting dihydroxyphenylalanine, or DOPA, to melanin in the tyrosine catabolism pathway. There are several forms of albinism with different heritability patterns along with syndromes that can be associated with albinism. Hair bulb assays can be performed to determine tyrosinase activity. Once hair bulb samples are retrieved from the scalp, they are incubated with DOPA or a tyrosine precursor to check for melanin production. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, dopamine, is produced from DOPA by DOPA decarboxylase. This is a downstream step of tyrosine catabolism that is involved in catecholamine synthesis. Answer choice 3, Homogentisic acid, or melanic acid, is also produced from tyrosine, but is part of the pathway that degrades tyrosine to fumarate to enter the citric acid cycle. Answer choice 4. Pyridoxine is also known as vitamin B6. Pyridoxal phosphate, the active form of B6, is a required cofactor for numerous reactions, including the conversion of dopa to dopamine by dopa decarboxylase. And finally, answer choice 5, tetrahydrobiopterin, or BH4, is a required cofactor for numerous reactions, including the production of tyrosine from phenylalanine and DOPA from tyrosine. BH4 is not a substrate for the tyrosinase reaction that converts DOPA to melanin. In summary, albinism can be due to impaired function of tyrosinase, an enzyme that converts dihydroxyphenylalanine, or DOPA, to melanin. And that's all for this review about albinism. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.